Hi, everyone. On this episode, we post the question, what is a fiber new sales call? I spoke with six individuals about this. At the head office, I spoke with Paul and Dan. I also spoke with franchisees Craig Burton, Bill Metropole, Dan Hoffman, and Al Krinjak. Now, all six of these gentlemen are highly experienced in the world of FiberNew, and each one of them had slightly different answers to the question. But there was a common through line on the importance to always be selling, always be talking about your business, and always be there to offer your help. They also shared some great tips on what works for them out in the field every single day as they're talking to new clientele. Now, because there are six different interviews stitched together, every time you hear this sound, that means we're going to branch off and talk to a new person about the same question. We hope you enjoy this. Without further ado, let's get started. Cheers. Okay, Craig, so I really appreciate you taking time out of your vacation to join us on this. But, and I'm uh, just going to ask you a point-blank question. What, in your eyes, constitutes a sales call? Um, Jesse, any time we're talking about our business with somebody who might be able to do, give us work or allow us to earn work or somebody who might point us towards somebody who can, any dialogue you're having with anyone anywhere is a sales call. Okay, so um, throughout the course of your day, I mean, before we press the record button, you had mentioned things even about filling up your your van at uh, yes. at a gas station and, and engaging in a conversation. Can you just give us some some examples of what that okay. looks like throughout your days? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to do sales for my business. Um, I. I I look for opportunities. If I'm pumping gas, I've got a wrapped vehicle right there. It's rare anymore for someone not to come up to me and say, hey, do you, could you fix this, or do you mind coming over and looking at my car? Well, and of course the answer is yes, absolutely. And you've got a card or you've got a brochure right there to hand them, and if it's something they don't have with them, hey, take a picture and send it to me. Happy mm-hmm. to look at it. If I can't fix it and I've got other suggestions, I'll pass those on to you. You know, be overwhelmingly helpful um, because what you're, you know, that dialogue is what's going to either lead to business right now or lead to business a year from now. Just leave them with that positive impression that, hey, the guys from FiberNew are going to try to help. Um, other things I do on a regular basis. Um, if I'm doing a job in a residential area or a small business area, um, I follow a page from Bill Metropole's book. I have the little door hangers printed through um, through FiberNew with my you know, my personal business information, I put five of those on the five closest doorknobs every okay, single so time. Okay, so just like just like a little radius around the job, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cool. the five closest or easiest ones to get to. Um, okay. You know, if I'm out in a rural area and it's half a mile walk to each doorknob, okay, I don't do that. But I might stop <laughs> and hang them on the front of their door. I might hang them on um, mailboxes if the mailboxes are out by the street. Okay. Um, again, looking for an opportunity to hang those things out. Uh, Jesse, I'll give you a crazy example. I had somebody go, well, what happens if somebody calls and says, you know, get your litter off my yard? Oh, sir, thank you for calling me. That firm that I hired to pass out those must have put them in the wrong place. I'm really sorry. Can I come by tomorrow to get it? Because you're going to have done it in your territory. Again, kill people with kindness. And okay. what have you established? Hey, this is fiber new. They do what's right. And they fix leather, vinyl, and plastic. You never know when that dialogue today makes a difference 
somewhere down the road. Um, the other thing I try to do on a regular basis, and I, this, my personal goal is to do this at least once a day. Um, I'm going to walk into a place of business where I either have not gotten any work or not gotten any work in a while, and I'm going to ask them for their work. And um, it's not very formal. It's not very fancy. But it's usually when I'm between job two and three or job one and two or the last job of the day and on my way home, um, I'm, I'm running 15 minutes early or I have the time at the end of the day, and I'm going past a business that hits my criteria, haven't gotten any work from them in a while or at all. I pull in. I grab a brochure. I take the iPad with before and after pictures, and I go looking for the person in that business who I think can make a decision on leather, vinyl, and plastic repairs. And I just start there. Hey, Mr. Operations Manager, Mr. General Manager, whoever it is, I fix leather, vinyl, and plastic. Who can I talk to about earning that work? Sometimes it's as quick as, hey, not now, I can't talk to you, come back later. Mm -hmm. um, other times it's, we've got somebody already. Oh, okay, who? And, and, and I don't push them. I, you want somebody to be loyal, so I expect them to be loyal to who they're using now. I'll just say, well, when that person's on vacation and you've got an issue, give me a call. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't take okay. very long. It's a three- or four-minute thing. But, again, it's establishing name recognition. It's, it's, it's being appropriately respectful, but at the same time, I don't know, persistent or, or professional. And it gives people a chance to remember your name and phone number, give you a call in a few days. Um, just another thing that I try to do on a regular, you know, on an irregular basis, but at the same time consciously is, and I'm going to use interior decorators as, a, as a, an example. In my territory, there's probably about 100 to 150 of them. Um, probably 50 of them move in and out of the area every six months. So it's a list that constantly changes. Okay. Most of them work from home. Okay, I've got no way to make a sales call on interior decorators, but prior experience has taught me that they're a source of a lot of work. So what I do there is I pay one of my high school-age kids to go through Google, type in by zip code, interior decorators, put in my zip code, interior decorators, put in my, another zip code, and then put those names and addresses into an Excel spreadsheet. Okay. And, at, and at least every six months, I send that group of people a letter. Okay. Yep. Hey, cool. do you do you have furniture from clients that are that they're insisting that they use in your new design, but it's old and tattered or the wrong color? Do you need you know a custom color to make you know the the, the banquette in the kitchen absolutely perfect? I can help you with those things, and I include before and after pictures and my business card. You know. It's the same letter each time, you know, reword it a little bit, move a couple sentences around, maybe change the pictures. So I've got it to the point where it takes me about an hour to print the 100 letters, sign them, fold them up, and put it in an envelope and send them out. Great no idea. Direct mail. And, and yeah. Direct mail campaign, absolutely. And what kind of re results have you, uh, have you seen from that? Just, I've rarely gotten more than, than three. I usually get one or two jobs out okay. of it, but those jobs okay. are usually four or five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. So I've never not paid for it, and every mm -hmm. single time I do it, I, I, you know, with that core group of interior decorators that are out there that are in Austin for life, okay, I'm, I'm building name recognition. I'm yeah. making them aware of what we can do, and, um, you know, to me, to me that's a group of people I want to reach out to. I haven't thought of a better way of doing it, so mm -hmm. I do that. Um, 
So I, I mean, I can keep going with different things like that. But all of those are sales calls, and it's it's not it's not doing any one thing over and over and over again. It's doing lots of little things that that you know make a difference with time. What I'm hearing from you mostly is, it, and you said it that it, it's all those little things that that contribute to obviously generating business, but it also contributes to your your referral machine. And, and that, that's oh. how I, I break it down with, with the interior decorators that, you know, maybe you won't get work uh, directly from them, but it, it's another person who is going to recommend your services to, to the, you know, people in their industry. So it's, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Okay. And well, um, Jesse, I'm, I'm going to give you a couple other examples that I think are really important. We all get internet leads from people that want to quote. Okay. We all send them an, you know, Hey, look, yes, I can do that. I can do it for this much. I'm going to assume that if three or four days later you haven't heard back, everybody follows up with another email that just says, hey, about a, a few days ago we exchanged emails about this. I wanted to follow up. I'd really like to earn this work. Okay. A lot, in my experience, a lot of times people go, oh, hey, thanks for getting back to me. You're right. I do want to book that. Or I'll hear from people, hey, I just, that's a lot more than I expected. I can't afford that now, or we're probably going to hold off. Okay. Well, I, make, I put all of those people that, that either I don't hear from or tell me they want to hold off, I put that in, I just save those emails into a separate folder on Google's. Okay. I wait a month or two. And then when I'm home, I got early home on a day, I've got a couple hours at night that I'm you know, at my desk and I've got some free time, I'll go into that folder and I'll follow up. A few okay. months ago, we talked about a repair on blah, blah, blah. If the time's right, I'd welcome the chance to do that work for you. Send the email. What's it take? 30 seconds? Yeah, and I probably close one out of ten of those because okay. they didn't so again, have the money three. Yeah, they didn't have the money three months ago. Now they do, or the tear started to get a little worse, and it's okay. I haven't found another solution. I better just buckle up and pay the bill and get it taken care of. Um, <laughs> right. No, that's um, that's a that's a good activity, and, and obviously pay, pays off for the time involved. Um, yeah, like said, and then I do one more that I they think is kind of fun, and all these things are sales calls. Um, the home show in Austin, I would love to be able to go to it, but, I mean, it's unbelievably expensive. They want close to $3,000 for a 10 by 10 booth in the far back corner, you know, tucked almost in a closet. Um, and then on top of that, it's, it's four days. Well, I would struggle investing four days in that type of event at that cost level. So, but I still want to reach those people. If they're committed to home improvements, you know, that's a target-rich audience. All right. Well, again – High school kids and door knockers. They fit beautifully under windshield wipers. Okay. So you send them down to the parking lot and you have them walk through the parking lot and put one under each windshield. Sure. Yeah. Um, Great idea. They're, yeah, they're, mod- they're very inexpensive. You, you don't have to pay the kids a whole lot. And again, if somebody complains, why are you littering? Oh, I, you know what? Shame on that marketing company. I'll get on them right now. <laughs> you, it's, you have plausible deniability, you're reaching the audience. You're doing it in a time-effective and a cost-effective manner. So I, I think all of those things, and, 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 a, and a 25 other ideas that people have got out there, just, just don't stop doing something. I know you're big on explicitly asking for work. So what do you actually say? What are, what are the, the, the words that you say in, in a scenario like that when you're, when you're face-to-face with the customer or maybe you know on email or through phone, but what, what, what's your your actual script when it comes to asking for the work? 
Well, um, I try to put myself in the shoes of the person I'm talking to. So if I'm talking to somebody in a restaurant, you know, um, first of all, I'm short enough not to go in between 11 and 1.30, and I'm not going in from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock. They're busy. Okay, so I'll walk up to the, you know, the, the restaurant manager, and I'll say, hey, I was in yesterday for lunch. Last thing I wanted to do was you know, bother you at, on a time when you're really busy, um, but I fix you know, vinyl booth seating, and I noticed a couple rips and tears. Is that something I could help you with? Okay. Stop. Now, the guy's going to say, no, nah, no, you know, we can't afford to do anything. Well, are you sure? It can be it, – it's probably under $200 to put a brand-new cover on that, that seat over there, and I can do it in such a way that your downtime is zero. Now, he's going to come oh. back, oh, my God, I could never afford $200. Okay, well, then I, maybe I could repair it in place for less than that, but if I repair it, you're not going to be able to use it for 12 hours. I've got him engaged with how to do the business or how to manage the repair, and we're almost past the point of whether we're going to do it or not. Um, you know, if, it, if it's in a furniture store, you're talking to the lady that runs customer service or the guy that runs the delivery department. Hey, look, I know the number one thing you want to happen once this furniture is delivered is it never comes back out. We do mobile service. Oh, we've got somebody. Okay. Is, is there anything that you'd like him to be able to do that he can't do? Does he ever go on vacation? Is he responding fast enough to your customers' needs? You know, if they want it done tomorrow, is he available? Next mm-hmm. time you run into that situation, try me. Mm-hmm. Um, try, to find, try to find holes or cracks that you can, you can get into. Yeah, okay. and, and again, you know, what does somebody care about? I mean, the guy in the hospital or the medical setting cares about you know, um, bodily fluids getting inside a, a seating pad or a table, and, and sure. it starts to grow stuff. Or, and more importantly, he's worried about failing accreditation or inspection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guy in the furniture store wants the stuff to deliver to stay. You know, um, the guy in the hotel is after zero downtime. Same thing with a restaurant. What, 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 and sometimes you guess wrong. Well, I don't care about that. Oh, what do you care about? <laughs> I mean, you know, it, 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 it lives itself. It just opens so, up. Yeah. Um, and again, I mean, once a year, somebody barks at me, and it's, and it's basically get out and get out now. Okay. Okay. And then when I, and I tend to, I have a form, I tend to send them a letter. Hey, I stopped by yesterday, seemed to have caught you at a bad time. Just want to let you know, I fixed leather vinyl and plastic. <laughs> and, and again, it, it, stationary envelope stamp, what's it cost me, a buck? Yeah. And I never, you never know when that guy is going to reward persistence. And again, what's the worst thing he does? Throw it away? Okay. You know, I, I'm just always going to try you know, to – I fix leather vinyl and plastic. You have some. Is that something you think I could help you with? I like that line when yeah. it comes to talking about the actual damage. Is that something you think I can help you with? Craig, yeah. thinking, back, so thinking back a few years ago when, when you first started your business, um, what were some of the tactics that you were doing to introduce yourself? And I'm sure it's largely what we've talked about already, but let's also talk about frequency. How many sales calls were you making in, let's say, your first month, second month, and third month? Um, can we just explore that a little bit? Yeah. Again, I, my one mental goal, Jesse, is to always make that one walk in the door and ask somebody for their work 
you know, at least one of those every day. Okay. Uh, and I've, I've done that since the very beginning. The other thing that, that I like to do is um, the word that's coming to mind is force multipliers. I mean, I think your friends need to know what you do. I think your accountant mm-hmm. needs to know what you do. Um, you know, if you've chatted with a lawyer about how to incorporate your business, they need to know what you do. Um, you know, and I, I joke with guys when I get the franchise candidates calling in, you know, I don't care if it's the bowling group, the softball team, the Bible study, you know, it, whoever it is, they ought to know that you're getting ready to go off to Calgary for two weeks to fix leather, vinyl, and plastic. Because now that's a group of people that can be on – when they sit down in a friend's um, chair that's got cat scratches on it. You know, I know a guy that said something about fixing leather. Let yeah. me get you his phone number. Um, it, it just it, it increases that circle of people who are aware of what you do and can funnel potential work your direction. And I, I think that is an, a really important thing to do every single day. It's great. It, it's all about that referral machine, and it's, it's simple to do. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I know uh, there's a bunch of guys in the network out there. You know, obviously, we all keep a list of all our clients. Okay, some guys talk about maybe over Christmas and, not, and the New Year's holiday things getting a little bit slow. Then how about the week after Thanksgiving, you go to all your list of past clients and send them all an email and say that, you know, over the Christmas and New Year's holiday, you're offering 10% off cleaning and leather conditioning of any leather furniture. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's It's... Sending emails is free. It takes very little to no time. You write the email once and then cut and paste it in so that each person gets their own email. It doesn't go out in bulk. That way it's personalized and it looks a little, it looks a little nicer. Um, and if, if one person says yes, you're way ahead in terms of you know, you know, what you make per hour. Craig, I, I really appreciate your time. We're, we're, I know you're on vacation, so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, let you get back and enjoy some some downtime and some time with your family. But uh, again, really appreciate your input on this on this subject. No, nope. thank you so much. Happy to help, Jesse. Okay, Bye. have a super day. Bye bye. Okay, Paul. So first question to you: What is a sales call what constitutes making a sales call and, and counting a sales call uh, that's a great question a sales call to me is just an opportunity to give to, to let someone know who we are and what we do so it's, for me a sales call is not always closing something um, mm-hmm. on a first visit but it's 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 a way to make first contact and it really depends on, you know, what am I looking, what am I after? If I'm, if I am trying to get into a car dealership, for example, um, that sales call works a little bit differently than if I'm going after something in the medical field, like physiotherapy clinic or, um, or something like that. Uh, okay. In, in one hand, you know, one type is more just information sharing, where you're letting. You're letting, uh, you know, customers or prospects know that you're you're there. So it's it's enlightening people on what your service is and your availability, um, and, and it's just first contact, basically. That's how I look at it. Okay. Um, so that, that could be something as simple as a, a handshake and a business card exchange, and that's it, right? I mean, maybe nothing more than that, or it could be something through to. 
showing before and after photos if the conversation goes in that direction. Um, you always want to be prepared to do a presentation type sales call mm -hmm. because when you're prepared, um, you're ready for whatever happens, obviously. But, uh, <clears throat> but it can be as simple as just, just a business card and a handshake and letting somebody know you're there. And if that's mm -hmm. the case, you always want to be able to return. Like that means it's going to be um, – that. W I, I look at something like that as this is – I'll be back to this particular call again because um, if I don't get any type of response back, then that means that either the timing's not right or, you know, they're, they're – they're, they're engaged in something else and they just don't understand what I'm doing yet. So that just means opens, opens the door for me to come back. But if I'm speaking to someone and, and they, they're, um, they're engaged, well, then I'm ready for, you know, before and after photos or, or uh, talking about, you know, uh, uh, similar type uh, customers that we have that we're doing service so that we get to explain the type of service that we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's uh, it's it's just you just open the door and and <clears throat> and see what you've got inside really and then go from there. It comes down to reading the situation and then making adjustments on the fly as you go. You know if they're like you said if they're if they're receptive to you and they want to know more, be prepared for that. If they are in a spot where they just simply can't talk or don't want to talk, uh, plant the seed that uh, you know maybe by saying something like. Oh, I'll be back in this neighborhood uh, next week or maybe in two weeks' time. Maybe I'll just stop in and quickly say hi then. Is it something along those lines? Exactly. The one thing that's nice about Fibernew is we can assume the sale. It's because sooner or later, everyone needs our service. So when you assume that they're going to need it sooner, you know, as soon as they understand what we do, <clears throat> that's, um, it's just a case of when do we come back. So, um, or if they're already engaged with a, with a competitor, okay, so how do we show our services better than theirs? Um, when I was, you know, when I was first starting off in this business, um, <clears throat> I was told to just assume the sale. And we would, you know, and one of the techniques we used was we would just, you know, pull into a car dealership and start checking the lot. Um, and then you would, you know, as soon as someone would come out and, and question what you're doing, um, you know, if you just make it seem like you're supposed to be there and, you, you know, you explain what you're doing. And that's how I got a lot of uh, steady business from that, from just assuming the sale. That's a cool concept, assume the sale. <laughs> that's great. It may well, not you happen now, coming but, out uh, the door. It may, you know, I had a manager that came, a used car manager once that came out. It was his first day starting. Well, as soon as he didn't recognize me, I said, oh, you don't, you don't know who I am. He says, no, it's my first day here. Well, then I just made it sound like I've always been there. So he just <laughs> assumed it was regular practice and just kept going with me. Okay. Again, that comes out of re Probably reading the situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, what do you get to lose? I mean, you know, a smile and a handshake, and they're already your buddies, so it's great. <laughs> Very cool. I like it. Okay, and so the next question um, what is the weekly habit of sales calls to get into off the hop? Or what are the goals that, uh, that you suggest? Well, I would recommend at least 10 quality sales calls a day um, okay. whenever possible because that's how you build momentum. Because doing, for some people are going to find sales calls 
are, are a pretty natural thing for them to do. And others are going to require some practice at it. So the, it's like anything else. The more you practice at it, the better you get. Um, and with sales calls, you, you, you don't have to do too many to realize you don't get a lot of um, pushback from customers. I mean, they, they're usually quite interested in what we're doing. Some, things, some people you know, have never seen it before, so they're interested. And other people have seen it before, and they want to see what your approach is. So okay. um, there's not a lot of pushback. That I can recall. That's kind of cool. Play into the fascination factor of, of what we do. <laughs> Play into the uh, almost the shock and awe factor of the before and after photos or whatever it may be. Um, cool. Okay. So yeah, the, the, yep. that's great. Yeah. So so ten ten per day for new franchisees, and then when you're working with more established franchisees, you know whether it be in their first second, third year, whatever it is, what do you talk about at that point in terms of weekly goals or daily goals for sales calls? Now, again, that'll vary for different people. Um, you want to try to get at least, you know, when you're rolling along, you want to try to at least fit in at least, at least two or three sales calls in each day. Um, <clears throat> very few people that are driving around that can't take a minute and and, and target something that needs to be uh, called on. Um, it's, it's a habit that if we can get ourselves back into, see the beginning is always fairly simple because you have enough time um, set aside that, I mean, we understand that that's a big part of, of how this business rolls. It's, 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 it's our marketing that we do at the beginning. Um, <clears throat> two or three years into it, you know, people are, are you know, they've got business coming at them and they're, they're scheduling things and they tend to forget how important sales calls are. Uh, and, th- and that's usually when it's easier to do them because you're not, you're not doing a sales call because you need that job that day. You're just, you're just expanding, the, the, you know, your customer base by, by, and, and letting more knowledge know, you know, people getting people knowledgeable about what you could do. Um, right. And, and, and that's a, and because there's so much word of mouth too, that, um, you know, everyone you can call on, you know, I mean, everybody's got furniture and everybody's got vehicles and everybody's got, you know, a boat or toys or something that, that somebody needs something done. So, talking to people is how we start that word. Absolutely. I guess it's, I mean, it's classic. You, you, you get out what you put in. So the more sales calls you do, the more expected uh, work should come out of it. But the, the point being, it's the everyday factor that counts, I guess. Right. It, it, and it doesn't Absolutely. matter where yeah. you're at in your business. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's, well, cool. it, 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 um, it's, it's a, it's a system that if you follow it and you make the calls, it makes the difference. Good parting words. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Fantastic. Right, and of course, if anybody wants to uh, expand upon this, they can they can phone you directly and talk your ear off, Anytime. or vice versa. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye. Okay. So let's start first with, to you, Bill. What is a sales call? What justifies a sales call, and how do you look at it? Well, from the standpoint of um, a person going out and making contact, physical contact with someone, so it's a face-to-face. And then uh, if it's your first call, 
to me, the objective is I just want a business call from somebody in the organization that is going to be able to make a decision about what it is I'm trying to get from them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's one thing. Face calls face, got to be face to face. Okay. Otherwise, a phone call is a phone call. That's not a sales call. Not to me. Okay. Okay. So it's a face to face, and it, it's to start with nothing more than than actually putting the face to the name. I guess, right? I mean, you're. It's not necessarily landing work right on the spot. As, as no, it is just not, not at all. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, exactly. I mean, most folks, let's face it, in our industry still don't know what we do. So I think the first thing is the uh, a face-to-face in which I'm going to provide some collateral, my brochures, something I've done, um, any, a physical example of something I've done. Um, maybe I'm going to share with them a reference customer that I've done work for in the area. I thought I'd get you while I'm around in this area. I'm typically around here. However you phrase that, um, it's got to be something like that. So that, that to me, justifies a face-to-face. And then you're looking for, if you pay, for example, I'm on a car lot today. So if you're looking for a car lot, you want to find out who's responsible for the reconditioning, who's basically going to be able to direct your efforts when you're there. So you're looking to get a uh, a name, a business card, something that tells you I've got somebody, I've got a reason to go talk to. I like it. Okay. And um, do you want to explain your golf analogy? And that, that kind of leads into the second question in terms of a weekly frequency and, and um, what you strive for every week in terms of sales calls. Do you mind just breaking oh, oh, you that down? Yeah, you know, so I actually came up with this when Jeff was working with me uh, when we first started this years ago. But um, I like to look at it as as you're going to go play a round of golf. And you don't play 19 holes, you want to play 18. Um, Because there's really importance to not over uh, go out and overexpose yourself because anybody can get worn out from doing that. So um, the the way we always gold it is 18 per week is the goal. Now, when you're starting out, you know, I'll do 18 a day if I can. Now, if you mm-hmm. do that, and, and I have, you will never get to 18 because somewhere in the middle, uh, five, six calls, you're going to find that somebody wants you to do something and it's going to take up some of your time. But that, that's actually doable. I've done it. But um, starting out, I think 18 a week is a good goal to use. If, if you're working and you're more advanced in your work, um, then you can get two or three a day done, sometimes two, sometimes three. You might not drop off and meet somebody while you're on your way home. But typically uh, in the early stages, like I would try to set off a day, a Monday and or, or a Friday, whichever day. I, I think typically, typically salespeople like Mondays because, you know, everybody's just anyway. But, um, but, but to kind of choose that and um, and then just make sure you make up. And if you get 18 on Thursday, fine, stop. Kind of mm-hmm. what I do. Okay. Very cool. Because, you know, take a break. Reward yourself for making those 18 calls is the objective, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The, the sooner you can get it done, the sooner you can reward yourself and feel good about that. Yeah, absolutely. I got my 18 sales calls in and I'm done. I got 18 business cards, I got 18 contacts, I got 18 people I can go. And you can do the math, uh, just 18 a week 
you know, or if you're aggressive, you do 25 a week. That's 100 a month, 1,200 a year. You do the math. We know that we can get a 20, 30% closure rate of business by doing that. So, you know, that, that's that's real that's real good stuff there. There's 400 jobs right there if you keep that up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there's, year, yeah. there's 400 opportunities of taking something to the next level. Gotcha. Okay. You may not cool. you may not get a job there, but you might get referrals. You might who knows what you'll get. It'll turn into something. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I I just want to ask you quickly about maybe more larger clients. So we'll we'll zero in on let's say medical for an example, and and where we know that we're not. It's going to take a few times of going back and and talking to the right people before it turns into actual work. And yeah. It goes back to that objective each and every time. Um, do you have specific checks for for the first, second, third, and fourth sales calls that, that you could explain? If the first one's just finding out who to talk to, that's maybe one. The second one is getting that face-to-face. -face, yeah. You know? yeah, absolutely. I think the first one is going there and, and finding out who, who's there. Uh, you know, what kind of departments do you have? For example, you go and you talk to just some people there. You say uh, you have an engineering department. You have a, um, a housekeeping department. You have an environmental control department. You have an operations department. Operations department may choose to work on the operation facilities of the, um, of the hospital, but there can be another segment of the operations group that handles things like furnishings. That, which is really where we want to get involved in. So uh, you're really going to kind of find the lay of the land and see what they have. So you, you know just by definition on something like that that they have the potential to provide us with the type of work we're looking for. So you're really trying to find out what the lay of the land is, on, in my opinion, when you first kind of go there. Just just who's who, you know, how many, how many uh, in a hospital. I can go to four desks and ask different people the same question and get different information. I can go into mm -hmm. one waiting area and go in another area and another area, and you're going to find different information. So if I go in a hospital, I go in the lobby area, I just ask who takes care of the furnishing in here. After I go in and I admire it, and wow, this looks super. Who takes care of this stuff for you guys? Right. And, and then from that point, they will. I think if you ask four different people, you'll probably get four different answers. So it, it's going to take a little bit of that sifting through to get it. The second thing, after I find out who's there, I might want to make a contact with them and and, and that sort of thing, uh, you're really looking to find out, okay, is there any pain here? Does anybody have any pain? And, and if it is, you know, that will lead you down to another area. And so that can be not only one, that can be multiple sales calls uh, to different areas to go find out what is your pain. You know, what, if it's pain, what have you to try to do to fix the pain? You know, and, and just do your due diligence and try to figure that out. I think after that, the next time I'm going around, I'm going to find out, so you got the pain, do you have the money, and how really urgent or important is this for you to get it fixed? And that can be a meeting or two meetings, really. It can be uh, something as simple as dropping off or not. Some things are obvious, some things are not. And then, and then I think the final thing is uh, when you're there is trying to find out after you've done all your due diligence, okay, who has veto power? Mm -hmm. You know, we had a sales meeting years ago when um, Michael brought in one of the Sandler guys, and he, he had it perfectly set. He had a book called 
uh, veto, I think, or something called veto. But basically, who has veto power, meaning who can write a check, who can say yes, who can say no, and who has a checkbook to do that. So that's typically not an engineering person. It's not a housekeeping person. Um, the operating people get a budget, just like the house housing uh, or the um, um, uh, lost my train of thought. But any of those departments have budget. But those budgets come from somebody who writes the check. That's the person you want to know. You don't necessarily have to meet them. You just need to know who that is so you can understand the process. For sure. So those are the kind of things that when I walk in, you know, my mind runs wild. I got 90 miles an hour running, and, and I want to get all those answers as fast as I can. But the truth be told, it's going to take a series of times. So in a larger opportunity like that, uh, an engagement can have a long sales cycle. It can take you quite a long time. So I think that's why you need to, you know, you're running a marathon, and you need to think of it that way. The last thing, and I think what most folks will do, they'll go in there, and after four or five tries, they don't get any work. They keep going on. Well, it's a marathon. So for the larger things, it's going to take that, and then most of our work, fortunately, is somewhere in between, right? <laughs> we don't have to do all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And then similar principles, but different approach for, let's say, used car lot. Any, any advice to, to give in a, in a used car lot scenario? I, I, think, um, I think you have to be a little bit more aggressive in your approach. And what okay. I'm, I, I, usually, usually in, the, in the last scenario that I described, I would say you're, you're being assertive in, tr- in trying to find out things. You're not aggressive. You're being assertive to find out this and so forth. Uh, when I use the term aggressive, I'm trying to push people a little bit more. Um, I'm going to try to push them to give me a little bit more answer. I'm not trying to persuade them because I don't think you can persuade anybody to do anything. But I do think you can, and, and typically how, how I try to do that, I, I heard Al say, I think he's a great example for that uh, type of a sale, is to go in and if they're doing it, say, you know, you, and just be a little bit off base in terms of how you present yourself and how you present what you're trying to do. So, gosh, I've seen these cars over here, Mr. Customer, four or five times, and I've been over here, uh, and, and I may have done that. So I may have to do a little upfront work to stop by. I wonder why they're not selling. Well, that's an aggressive approach. That's certainly not <laughs> passive at all, right? right so right. That's, that's an example of trying to get in and get – because those guys, they don't want to hang around that much. So it's a very mm-hmm. short, quick sale, and what you're trying to do is – find out, do I really have an opportunity here or not? And you may have to go through that several times. I think, I think if you can get through, you, through our minds that that's more or less uh, a type of a sales activity to where you can, you can kind of push people a little bit. But you don't, you don't have to embarrass them. That's, that's really not what it's saying. You're not trying to influence them. I just say you're trying to be a little bit more aggressive and getting to the point of what you're trying to do. Excellent. I guess it's, it's figuring out which hot buttons to push. Yeah. Wow, you that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can be sarcastic about yourself. Sarcasm. Great. That kind of a dark. Wow, that's a, that's a really, and you're looking at it, and you go over there and look at the job. Wow, I saw, did, who did that? Wow, that's great. 
and you're really being sarcastic about what they did, right? Right. So you could lag and wow, you must have paid at least five bucks for that. <laughs> you, you know, you can use that to your advantage because they live in that world. They they can understand that. Yeah. Very cool. Bill, well, I really I thank you for your time. You bet, buddy. Okay, Dan, so as question number one, in your eyes, what is a sales call? Really, a sales call is whenever you can stand in front of somebody and talk to them about Byron. It doesn't matter whether it's uh, um, going down and standing in front of a corporate 30 people in an insurance company or simply just banging on a door that's uh, a small business and just introducing yourself. Um, the big difference between them, I guess, would be a warm call and, and a cold call. Mm-hmm. And what I find that a cold call, that those just seem to be the hardest because those are the ones that you, you don't know anybody, you don't know how to approach them, uh, um, they've never seen you before, and you've got nerves up the yin-yang. You know, that's, that's the, the biggest one. But the warm calls mm-hmm. are usually the ones that are easier to do is simply because it's either the second time you've been to a business or third or fourth or fifth or sixth. Notice I said third, fourth, fifth or sixth. Mm-hmm. Noted. Yeah, because, yeah, that's one of the biggest things is to go there more than once. And then the second thing is, is when somebody introduces you or, or recommends you. Um, so when I'm on a cold call or a warm call, I always ask if there's anybody that would be interested in, 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 this, in a vinyl, plastic, or leather repair. And if there is... Sometimes it's really nice if you they'll, they'll give you they'll give you a couple of names or they'll actually take extra business cards from you and pass them on. And uh, um, the other thing that I always try and do on a cool call or a warm call or any type of sales call is try and get an answer no of some sort. Basically, is just simply because I want to know I want them really to throw me out of there. Not really. But I want them to be able to, to say, no, I don't need you anymore, or no, I don't need you right now enough. Because in my mind, is if they don't give you that no answer or give you that answer that, you know, I've had enough talking with you, it is you don't really know, you haven't really got their attention. You need mm-hmm. to get their attention first. That's the biggest get, thing that most people... Get some sort of answer, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, you have, to, you have to have an answer of some sort. And then okay. uh, um, lots of times... Never ask if I can come back again if you already know the answer is no. Okay. Always ask. Good advice. Yeah. Because you've, you just opened, you've just kind of eliminated your second sales call. Fair enough. I say thanks very much for your time. You know, um, I, I, I periodically stop by while I'm in the neighborhood, and uh, um, I'll, I'll see you the next time in case there's something you need. And then no part in stopping by. There's nothing that you have that we need. Okay, thanks very much. Have a great day. You know, that okay. kind of stuff. That that. That's that's the biggest thing. It's and the trick is is not to be pushy. Is to God give you two ears and one mouth. Use them appropriately. Mm-hmm. You should say your little elevator pitch or sales pitch and listen to what they have to say. Quite often, I haven't had too many people that don't ask me a little bit more about it because it's a unique business. So you fix leather, vinyl, plastic. You know, it could be a sarcastic. So what? So can you fix this? Or it could be a genuine answer, like, you know, I've got a leather coat or I've got leather pants or I've got a football or um, I've got a saddle. You know, whatever, they be, they've got leather, vinyl, or plastic somewhere. The, the, the trick is, is to be soft enough and assertive enough 
that they're going to ask you a couple questions so that you can answer them because that's way easier to do is to answer questions. Right. The other thing on, on, on a sales call, the biggest thing that I would find is I got to make sure I get their attention is if I walk into something and somebody's too busy, what I might do is I might pause halfway through my sales pitch and somebody pick up their head and look at me. I got to get their attention just a little bit, even, even though that they're annoyed that I'm doing that. I still got to get their attention. I got to break their train of thought just a little bit in order to actually hear what I got to say. If I just keep mumbling on when their head's down, they never heard a word. I said, yeah, yeah, just put your business card right there. You know, they're just filing it in file 13. Right. Is that maybe where elevator pitches are tied in? Because it's just, it's very succinct and something that kind of gets them thinking to get the conversation going. Absolutely. And then the other thing is you need to stop and pause and let them think about that elevator pitch. Okay. Like you just said, like, how, do, how would you like to double the life of your leather, sir, or ma'am? Okay. Yeah, great. So let them work on that. And they're, gonna, they're waiting for more. Wait for them to say, well, how, how do you plan on doing that? Or I don't have any leather or, or whatever they got to say. They're going to say something. And, you know, because they'll typically ask a question. People are polite. As long, you know, you get the odd one that's not, but most people are polite. Fair Let's, enough. Can I, I'm going to talk a little bit about when you're going to a place where there's already competition. Mm-hmm. That, that's a really good concept because that means that your services are needed. So that's got yeah. to give you a warm feeling instead of a cold feeling. A lot of people take that as a negative. I take that as a positive because now I know that they need my services. All I got to do is convince them that, that, is, that is better, that my services are better. And I'm not going to do it with any negativity. I'm going to do it with more with uh, flash and uh, positive energy and making them like me, building relationships, that kind of stuff like that. A lot of people are, have a fear of when there's, there's a competition in there. That's, that means that, wow, these guys use it. They understand what it needs. They just don't understand how good FiberNew is. And all you've right. got to do is give them the opportunity. That, that's the biggest thing. That, 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 that's where I go about when I go about doing sales calls. And, and uh, a little bit, you know, my favorite saying that I've heard the last little while by Craig Burton, you actually got to walk through the front door. And, yeah. you know, you actually got to, you got to go in. You've got to go in and, and don't be afraid to call on every single business there is. It doesn't matter whether it's a bottle plant up to um, embroidery shop. It doesn't matter whether they sell in groceries. Every one of those people have, have husband and wives and relationships that do other things that you don't know where your gem is. And if nothing else, it's practice. It's like anything else. You need, to, you need practice in your sales calls. Like, you know, I, I, let's say if I was to go out and start a business tomorrow morning, I think I would, go, I would have to go out for at least a month or six weeks to practice my sales calls to be as good as I was before. And mm-hmm. I would just go to every single one and, and I make, put myself in those uncomfortable positions until I learn, until I learn because it's different today a little bit because of, uh, there's more competitors than, than there was when I first started. But right. after, you know, yeah, that, that's, that, that, that's what there is, 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 is a bit of difference. We had to, actually, I think we had it harder because we had to convince everybody that there was a need. You know, you had mm-hmm. to go in there and say, yeah, you know, and then, and then they didn't know what the value was. They, they thought it was worth $20, and so you had to, you know, bring up the value. When it's already there, there's already a value there. And um, what I hear a lot, too, also, and I heard in my business as well, when, when I had competitors come in, everybody would do them for half the money that you're going to them for. Okay. Well, you know, they're, ha- they're, ha- they're, half a- they're, doing- they're getting half a job. 
So one of the lines that I use is that we're a Cadillac service, and and uh, um, and we give you a Cadillac product. I said, I hope that's what you're looking for, sir. Uh, um, that that's the difference between us and everybody else is that we are we are the Cadillac, or the Lincoln, or whatever, or the Learjet, or whatever. You know, we're we're, we're never ever say we're better than they are indirectly. Just tell them that how good your service is. It's a fine line in between those two, but that's what I find is that if you, if you use Cadillac services, if you use, uh, um, we're, we're, we're the top of our field, and, and you got to be, what, what makes you the top of your field? And we have 250 plus franchises with a whole pile of technicians that are working on every single repair all day long, and we share all that information, so that's how we get better over everybody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. So comments like that, you know, it just it just anchors Okay, well, that makes sense. Okay, fair enough. That's I guess that's the reason why, you know. Yeah. And and it's not it's not saying well because the other guy's a loser. You, you know, you never ever you never ever put down your competitor no. as well. You, you answer the question by focusing on your positives. Um, that's right. I, I yeah. always I always exactly. like the longevity of our company too. And that I mean we've got thirty years in in the industry, and that means a ton of collective knowledge when it comes to techniques and product development and all that. So that's probably another good one to use. Is just the just the experience factor. So that's exactly right. We, yeah. we started the segue into it, but um, going back to when you started your business, how many sales calls were you making on a weekly basis? And I'll, I'll frame that by saying, what what is your recommendation for new franchisees out there starting a business in in terms of goals to set on a weekly basis? Okay, I'll ask. I'll, I'll try and answer the first part of it um, at the beginning. What I did. In this, uh, um, I'm going to back up before I even got into fiberny. I ran a painting business, and what I did is this, that's when I learned how business worked. Is I, I was really busy, then I got really slow, and I was really busy, and I got really slow, and I was really busy, and I got really slow. And what that was is because I didn't do any sales calls. Once I started learning how to do sales calls all the time, that's when I, my business kept an even keel. So when I started fiberny. I left the house at 7.30, and I never got home until 5.30. I, less, the only reason I stopped home was to get extra product if I needed it, which was very seldom, or I was doing a repair at home. I never even went home for lunch. Even if I was close by, I always brought my lunch with me. And I was either doing a sales call or a repair. Okay. And if, you know, so my recommendation is at least 25 uh, um, sales calls uh, um, a day when you first start off because that's only – you know, it's only four an hour. Like, I think I can do 25 in two hours. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to go out there and, and you don't have to sit there and, and spend 20 minutes with the client. And here's something that, that what I believe is this. We're selling 150 to $350 jobs, okay? You can't spend two hours on a sales call for a $150 job. It doesn't make sense. Right. Right. So what you've got to do is you've got to go introduce yourself and let them know what your services are and give them the ballpark you know, pricing that you, you're going to use, and then you need to leave. You know, you, you, can, you can talk them, talk it through and that kind of stuff like that. You know, there's a few things. You can maybe spend an extra five minutes if you think. But you, you don't need this 20-minute conversation over a $150 job. Yeah. yeah the other thing is, is, right, okay, so – the other, the other thing is, is when you're doing a sales call, you learn to know when to leave. You got the information, okay. the customer's satisfied, you've heard a no or a yep or a, 
a, some sort of satisfaction that, they're, they're, that they understood you. And right. I'm going to use the word. Yeah. Then it's time to go. Don't oversell. Because you're better off to go back to that customer and make a little note saying, yeah, this customer, you know, he, he was interested. He just wasn't ready to buy yet. And um, another fatal thing that guys do make on sales calls is they actually think they have to make a sale. You don't. What you do is you're what you're doing is you're practicing your techniques, and sales will come out of practicing your techniques. You're practicing. You're going out there talking about your business, and that's why you've only got th- you know five to seven minutes in each place to do your sales pitch and get out of there, because you want to try and get as many as you can, because your chances are you're only going to get uh, um, one out of every ten or every eight when you first start. So you want to you got to hit as many places as, as possible. In my mind, if, let's say if you're, when you're first starting your business, and if I was to start one tomorrow, I would either be doing selling or I would be doing the repair. And there's no, there's no, there's nothing in between. There's no going to the, there's no going to the park and walking your dog, or there's no getting, you know, getting stressed out or going doing your book work or anything like that. And you want to try and get at least 25 sales calls a day in when you first start. That's, that, that would be where I would really push. And after your business is running well, you still need to do 10 sales calls. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where I think in that, what is, let me just back up a little bit. What is a sales call? A sales call is basically telling somebody about your service. So let's say if I'm at the car dealership and I walk into the service department and I say hi to Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, how you doing? I'm just down with fiber news. Just thought I'd let you know I was in the area if there's anything you need. That took 30 seconds. That's a sales call. You get credit. You get a check mark for that sales call. Okay. It doesn't matter who you talk to. If you're, going to. if you're at the dealership, you might as well go to all the departments at the dealership and say, hi. Well, all of a sudden, I got five sales calls under my belt. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's basically saying hi to everybody, but making sure – but on your cold calling, you have to do a little bit more work, and then on your medium to warm calls, and then what you're already, and then you also need to visit customers that that, that you already have. Um, if there's a, if you have a customer that gives you ten jobs a month, and all of a sudden well, there's one month they only give you two, you better go over there and find out why. Uh, um, and I never go over and ask why. I just go over there and just say, hey, how are you doing? Just study, stop by and say hi. Put, put, it makes you they might they might have had a staff change or their budget might have been cut or or the uh, um, manager might be sick or something like that. You don't know. You just want to keep reminding everybody that you're there. Very cool. I like it. Dan, thank you very much for your time. This has been great. Appreciate it. Okay, have yourself a, okay. Have yourself a great day, Jess, and take it easy. Okay. Cheers. Talk to you later. Good. Bye. Bye. Okay, Al, so from your perspective, what is a sales call? A sales call? Well, a sales call for, to begin with is, is, is being able to um, look for work at a car dealership and then going in to see the sales manager. That is a sales call to me. Just going to see the sales manager does not constitute a sales call. That's just giving out a card and throwing it out. Um, I use the concept or, 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 or the saying that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That is uh, 
uh, I, I guess I'd, I'd like to say the number one in, in any cold calling rule or, or, or Bible. Um, just going in and introducing yourself is not enough because um, you're not asking for the sale. And in any sale mm-hmm. pitch, you need to ask for the sale. Before you ask for a sale, um, you need to find it. So before walking in, I'm going to do my homework, whether it's uh, uh, searching through the Internet and or the auto trader and looking at cars that they spend money on advertising and then go and look for those cars on that specific lot, look for those specific cars, and go see if there's any work on there. If there's no work, then you can go in and introduce yourself. That becomes an introduction. But a sales call constitutes finding work, going inside, presenting it, showing them. Um, a, a good way of doing it is, is finding the work. If it's a cigarette burn or a cut in a leather seat, prepare it. In other words, take a photo of it and compare it to an after picture in our, in our photo library at FiberNew that we have and show them mm-hmm. what it's going to look like or what it can look like after you're done. So right. they have right away a before and after, and it, it's, it's easier for him to say yes than it is to say no because you're, you're caring about him. You're showing him what it's going to look like, how it can look like, and that there's work out there, that you're taking care of his lot, and not just walking in and giving a card and say, please use me. That's not enough. To me, that's not a sales <laughs> call. I don't uh-huh. know if that makes any sense to, to anybody, but it, 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 it truly does because... I'm not sure that there's too much, too many competitors who do that, and this sort of makes him. How can the guy say no? And I, I and I like to pick on. I like to pick probably the worst day of the year, or worst snowstorm, or or, or rainstorm. And I mean, you're going to come in all wet, and you're still doing it. That shows that you care. Right. And <laughs> it's harder for him to say no that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Show. Uh... Yeah. Show your commitment to the service. Um, and no, absolutely. Not, and that goes, that goes not only for a car lot. That goes for hotels and restaurants. Uh-huh. And Don't just go in and introduce yourself to a manager. Go look for work. Walk the hotel, walk the hotel floor. Go to the dining room. Go to the, to the lounge, the lobby, the, and look at what needs, what needs doing. And the other day, Fine. actually, uh, I stopped in at a at – sorry, uh, Jesse. Uh, I stopped in at a – uh, at um, uh, oh Jesus Murphy, <laughs> at a um, uh, Mexican fast food to get a, grab a burrito, and every okay. booth in that in that uh, uh, restaurant um, had damage, had needed to be recovered or repaired, and instead okay. of just giving him a card, I walked away. Now a lot of people are saying, why why are you walking away? Well, because I came back to the shop, and I prepared a quote. <laughs> and on my next trip out there, I'm not only going to give him a card, I'm going to give him the quote. I'm not okay. going to give him the chance to maybe call me. I'm, te- I'm telling him, I've called you already. I've been there. I've seen it. And here's the price. And we okay. can do it this time, and we can do it without affecting the business. And, and, and I believe that that's harder for him to say no because he hasn't asked me to look for it. I, I went out and did it for him. Uh, and what was the response? What's that? What was the response 
from, I, I, from I, I'm, it's go, I, I'm going to be in that area on Wednesday, this Wednesday, and I'm going to oh. give them the quote, and, and okay. I'll let you know. But, but the response, how can you, like, when you think about yeah. it, how can, you, how can it, I mean, it's not that you're, you're it's one not 100% ahead, that right? I'll get it, but the chances mm. are, on, are on my side. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And that's okay, an effective and then, cold call. I like it. An effective cold calling right there. And, and you had yeah. me thinking about the topic of competition, in particular um, when you were talking about car lots and uh, if you're the guy who shows up on the worst weather day of the year and, and the competition isn't there, what are some of your common um, lines that you use when it comes to dealing with competition? And, and let's narrow it right down to car lots in particular. Someone says, you know, we've been using Complain about the weather. This. Okay. You've done the work. You've done the. You've walked the lot. You've seen the. You've. You're preparing. your before and after pictures. You're getting all ready. And the first uh-huh. thing you do walking in, you complain about the weather. Make them feel uh-huh. bad for you going out and, and looking at it. <laughs> okay. It, it Play the sympathy say. card a little bit. <laughs> and it, you know what? It it it's worked so many times in, in over the years that uh, I mean, there's nobody. Nobody out there here, I mean, here we're blessed with winter, with snow. Um, yeah, blessed, I, I use that word lightly. But uh, <laughs> when, when, when there's a snowstorm, I mean, I love to go out there. And if it's quiet and the business is a little bit slower, okay, so let's go out and look, look for some. I'm going to go inside the car dealership. I'm going to get one of their snow, br- snow brushes, and I'm going to clean the cars for them. At the same time, I'm looking for it. And there's nothing worse than a salesperson for a salesperson in, in, his, in his shoes and, and he's trying to sell a car, but he's got to go outside because the manager told him he's got to clean the lot, clean the, uh-huh. clean the snow off the cars. I do it for them. I've done it. I've done it many times repeatedly, and, and there's three, four cars to do. There's no way that I was going to walk out of there without getting those three, four cars. And they, they gave them to me, and they always do. It, and it's not... It's not it's not something that, that, that I have to do, but it's something that I want to do for them. And, and, and they've become very loyal customers today. All of the customers that I did that for are loyal customers today. And it works. Why? Because it comes to that same, that, that same saying is they, I care. And I, I'm showing that I care. Works for me. Very cool. Very cool. And I think those are, those are great party words. So um, with that, I want to thank you for your time and weighing in on this topic. Appreciate it. Anytime. Okay. Have a good afternoon. You too. Thank you, sir. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, Dan, so thanks for joining us from the road. I know you're, you're driving right now, so appreciate you taking the time. We're going to start with the first question of... To you, what is a sales call? What does that mean? Sales calls in my types of businesses that we work with, being that of automotive, RV, aircraft, boats, I see sales calls in the arenas of how can we direct ourselves in gaining weekly or business accounts that would use us on a monthly or a weekly basis. So in the realm of where I work, sales call is most likely going to be something that I do where I would introduce myself, find the right person to talk to, hand them a business card, 
which they may or may not keep a lot of times, try to give them a little bit of background of what we do, but more or less find out what they do. And I don't okay. always get to that kind of question usually until the second or third time that I see them. So the actual sales call is more or less just an introduction if you're going purely by the first type of call. Um, person to person is great and always best. If you feel uncomfortable with that and you'd rather make an appointment, then by all means feel free to give the business a call and uh, approach them that way and find the right person to talk to and see if they can if you can get three to five minutes of their time. Most people will never say no to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then, um, so as a first introduction, we've, we've talked about that. What, what happens on the second and third time around? What, do you, what are you doing differently? What are your objectives at that point? How does it change? My, yeah, so in, in the types of work that I like to do, again, back to trying to gain people that will utilize you over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I, I like to find out a little bit more about the individuals that I'm working with and for. Okay. So okay. I really believe in building a rapport. Uh, I, I learned that a lot from uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, the, the book. I've, mm-hmm. I've read it multiple times. I use the resource for that information because in this business we know that People mean everything, and people referring people means that much more. So I build a rapport with the individual first and foremost, sometimes even ahead of even concerning myself about the work that I may or may not do for them. So that second, that second call is about not only just introducing myself again, but sometimes finding out what their preferences are in regards to their needs. Uh, if they're a, a dealership, what is it that they don't like having in their vehicles that needs to be fixed because that's always an objection to their customers? Or let's back up again. They already have somebody utilizing or doing their work for them. Well, then I would say, are these other things being taken care of by your same individual? For instance, do they do burn repairs? Oh, Yes, they do. Well, how do they handle cargo spaces with a bunch of scratches? Oh, well, they don't do that. There's your in right there. Okay, so cool. You, you can approach those businesses on that second and third time with more of a rapport, more of, I'm here for you, but I want to know about you. And when you, when you are able to get in with people and build the rapport and they know you're interested in them more than them being interested in you, all of a sudden things click. Okay. So you, you lead with the people factor as opposed to the service factor. That is correct. Okay. Cool. Um, so after building rapport, say that's on, on the second or third visit, um, where do things go from there typically? What's, what's your next approach? Well, if I haven't been, you know, shot out the door at that point, and they still like me, you know. <laughs> that never happens, though, does it? Yeah, that <laughs> does happen. But um, I then start to approach the area of they're eventually going to start asking me about the services we perform based on, 
you know, the wraps and the things we have on our, our van, you wouldn't believe how many questions are brought my direction beyond just uh, repair and restoration. Uh, do you install leather? Yes, we do. Do you put seat heaters in? Yes, we do. Do you replace airbags or do you do seat covers? Yes, we do. So um, a lot of times in, say, an auto dealership, which, again, is 90% of what I do, I might even uh, access the used car department through the service center because the service center needs what I perform more so than sometimes the used car department does. They love okay. to find somebody who understands seat covers and can install them properly. They, they enjoy the fact that somebody uh, can come up with an answer or uh, create an answer to a problem such as the seat heater not working or uh, there's a movement in the seat frame, we need the frame replaced. Um, we got involved in that almost probably 12, 15 years ago, and now all of our particular dealerships we work for, they utilize us. So when you're getting to that third, fourth, and fifth uh, sales appointment, now you're getting into the meat of things. What can I do for you that you're not getting taken care of by somebody else? You've got to dig deeper. And, you know, some people think they're getting everything handled. Well, that's a lie. They're not. Something, some need somewhere is not getting met, and you have to find it. And once you find it and you can fill it, then they need you, and then you perform the service. Now, I never give away my first service calls either. They're not something I give away. The only thing that I tell people is, is if you don't like it or doesn't meet your expectation then I won't charge you for it. Okay. All right. So there's, there's always a formal, always a formal quote, yep. right? Okay. Yep. Even at a dealership or an RV account, uh, they're always expected to pay. Okay. All right. And then, how does the recurring revenue component come about for you? How does how does the weekly and or monthly uh, frequency come come into play? Is it something you're explicitly asking for, or is it just by nature of um, leading with the people factor and leading, and then you know fulfilling the service, and it just kind of comes about by circumstance? Can it, you fill it, us in on that? It, uh, yeah. So a lot of times, depending on the types of work you're doing, for instance, let's just say, let's say you're working for a boat dealer. They mm-hmm. refer you to different clients and and people. But boats, boats don't reoccur and fill a, a, a dealership, you know, regularly. Boats are pretty slow moving. For instance, in our neck of the woods right now, they're really slow moving. So if I were seeing a boat dealer and I were trying to acquire work from them on their used boat inventory or even their new boat accidental damage inventory, I would probably do that once a month and on an on-call basis. Maybe call them you know, you, you work work there the first part of the month. You get the work. The middle of the month, you make a phone call. They don't have anything, fine. The beginning of next month, you make a stop by. They okay. need to see your face at least once a month. Okay. Sorry, can, can we just step yeah. through that again? Just, just sure. Re- replay the timeline there? So, from your- you... you- Let's say you get, uh, we're just using boat dealer as, a, as an example. Sure. Okay. In, my, in my neck of the woods, I don't have, I have boat dealerships, but they're, they're, not, they're few and far between. So you, you'd acquire the account after maybe your fourth or fifth sales call. 
Okay. You get a chance to do a job. Okay. You do that job. They love the work you do. At that point, don't quit. Ask to look at the other inventory. Okay. Okay. Just do the one job. If, if they love the one job and they're going to pay you for it, well, that's, that's your open door. So be prepared to spend some time there and do a follow-up uh, work. So then that may be, let's say that's the 10th of the month you went there. Ask them again. You know, I realize turnover isn't big, but would once a month be a great time to stop by? Just, and just, they'll say, they, 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 you know, whatever right. works. But typically in that type of style, it would be once a month. I would call them every two weeks, but they're going to see you also every, every four weeks. So go at the first of the month, two weeks of phone call, first of the following month. Okay. Just, so you are just so they're hearing you. Yeah. 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 Cool. And, and yeah. Uh, knowing your style, I, I can hear you, where it would be kind of a, more of a casual thing, where it would be like, you know, do you think this is the kind of thing I should just be stopping by every once, you know, once a week or once every two weeks kind of thing? It, exactly. You know, That's exactly okay. how I made the sales call last week. It was a warm lead, okay. but I made the sales call in just that way. I okay. said, you know, the GM was a brand-new individual. The, the GSM knew me, loved my work, sold my work to him. The guy said, well, we don't have anybody. The service, man, service manager came in and said, hey, we utilize them on all our new cars. This is the guy to use. The guy goes, hey, no problem. When do you want to come in? We don't care. Just come in whenever. I said, well, Fridays are good for me. And they said, no problem. Fridays are work, and you can work with the GSM or myself. No-brainer. Uh- Awesome. Yeah. Perpetual, yeah. perpetual yeah. invoices right there. Oh, right, right. But, again, that was a warm lead, not a cold lead. Fair enough. So it's only one sales call. I've been in and out of that dealership multiple times, and they had different people that were managing the inventory, and some of those people saw fit to say, we're not going to spend more than 65 bucks a car, and I said, that doesn't suit me. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay. So that's, I walked that's important away from to know. That. Yeah. Yeah, that's important to note that this wasn't your first time in there. This was a this was a lead up. Um, yeah, multiple times I've always, been in and out. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, uh, do you think like half a dozen or what? Could you think back to what that may have looked like? How many times you've been in? Oh, there? With, this, with with this general with this with this dealership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say. Oh gosh, sales call did some work came back, got complaints, they wanted it cheaper, went back, no, not giving you work, went back, oh, a new guy's in charge, no way, you're not getting the work now, he doesn't like you, okay, okay. so constantly do the service call work for the dealership service department, so the service department okay. would call me, I'd do their work, I'd stay in okay. the back door, but the, okay. the used car department wouldn't utilize me. So here last week, get a phone call from the service manager. Hey, Dan, almost walked out of this place, but they hired a new GM. He's out of Chicago. He's been here now a week. I wanted to feel him out and see what kind of guy he was. really like him. I think you need to come in. This is a good opportunity. I believe it's going to work. Okay. Went in there. The guy was really, really cool. Spent the time with him and immediately found out his background. He's been in Florida for 12 years. Came to Chicago for two, told me where he lived in Florida, what dealerships he worked for, what dealership he worked for in Chicago. I got all that information first. Never said a thing about what I did. Nothing. 
just listened mostly, right? That's exactly yeah. right. Okay. Very cool. Um, and how many accounts do you have? Let, let's focus on just automotive right now. How many, how many monthly accounts are, are in your system for dealers? Um, I'm, put, I'm putting well, you on the spot. There's, yeah, that's fine. Um, there are weekly and then there are, are utilized accounts that utilize me, you know, on a service call basis through the service departments because I have, oh gosh, there must be one, two, three, four. Um, I think I have about six or seven that use me in the backside, which is the service departments for okay. service calls and customer customer pays, WEOs, things they do after this car is sold. Then I might go to the customer's home and service them for them. Um, okay. As far as weekly or weekly accounts where I return every week, I have one account that takes two of my days during the week, both Monday and Thursday. So they're okay. a very busy account. You know, we did just for uh, for instance, I don't know if you want money, but um, I can explain how busy that kind of account is. They can they can generate between fifteen and twenty thousand a month for me. Just so it's a big. It's yeah. it's not the norm. It's not the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, then I have one, two, three, three other, one, two, three, four other accounts. I think it's like four other weekly accounts, and they're they're a lot smaller. They generate between fifteen hundred and maybe thirty five hundred a month. Gotcha. So that's your other okay. dealers. And then then I have three main RV dealerships. One one generates a full day's worth of work every week, sometimes two, and the two others are on service call basis. And they probably generate, well, one of them was generating about 15000 a month for two, three months while we were building up inventory. So there's, cool. there's a lot of key volume, and that's, that's maintaining that relationship. And... I'm going to venture to guess that none of these accounts you landed on the first or second time of visiting them, right? I mean, this this took persistence to get in the door with these guys. Um, a lot of them, yes. Okay. Some of them, again, like this other dealership that I just talked to last week, um, they were warm. In other words, I knew somebody in the dealership that got moved there from somewhere else, and that yeah. person decided to call me. So then I have to go introduce myself, maybe do a job for the service department under that individual, find out what the, you know, GM, like for one of my dealerships, uh, an RV account called Blue Dog RV. The general manager had been nothing until I finally found a niche that he saw that I met for him. He was always very cold. Knew he needed me, service manager needed me but never really realized the value of what I did for him and how much money and time I saved for his tax until I started filling more and more needs for him. Then all of a sudden, I'm his best friend. Okay? As far as finding out his personal traits, his rapport that I like to build, very difficult. Took quite a bit. So there are those people that you just can't find that grab that okay. report grab. That grab. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and, and that takes some time. Mm-hmm. 
Dan, this has been uh, fantastic info sharing. I, I appreciate your time very much. Thank you. Oh, sure. Sure, no problem. Okay. Okay, we'll do it again soon. Okay, thanks. Uh, have a good afternoon. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.